From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Dean Mackin on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. G'day. How are we all going? Hope you're having a fantastic day, whether it's the beginning or the end. Wherever you happen to be, I know it's going to be a wonderful one and uh, lots to talk about. Today, a big thank you to Chris Smith. Uh, we'll be talking with Stephen Fennick this hour on a range of issues, uh, including some new gadgets and also um, a bit of AI talk and how to keep your relatives safe with scams. And there are some new ones coming up. They keep coming up with new ones all the time, don't they? Uh, I'll be talking to Tony Wakem as well in light of what's happened, in light of what's happened with uh, Julian Assange and what we can expect, what he expects to happen over the next couple of uh, weeks or possibly months as we wait for a result. And of course, I'll be talking to Gemma Cooper very soon as well. Some breaking news, uh, those two bodies that they've been looking for, the two missing people, Jesse Baird and Luke Davies, the uh, gay couple, one of whom works in television, I think Channel 10 from memory, I don't know, I don't watch mainstream TV, uh, but they found a couple of bodies and that's just breaking news. Uh, Police Commissioner Karen Webb has confirmed the discovery this afternoon uh, as investigators established a crime scene at a property in Bungonia, that's southwest west, I should say, of uh, Sydney. So it looks like uh, we'll be proceeding with that and good to know uh, the families, of course, some horrific news, but certainly I'm guessing we'll be somewhat alleviated to know that, that, that they, there is a resolution to this, if you will, and that they can move forward legally. Uh, so there is that. Uh, now, Ralph Babette, Senator Ralph Babette of the United Australia Party, uh, he's very excited and you should be too. Now, if I just said to you something, general business notice of motion 462, it doesn't sound like anything to get excited about, does it? Well, you'd be wrong because I'll tell you what, what it means. The Senate acknowledges that the concerning number of excess deaths observed in Australia in 21 and 22 have continued into 2023 as evidenced by the all-cause uh, provisional mortality from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, and that there is now a reason and a need for a further inquiry as to the reasons for these excess deaths. Now, that is the motion that Ralph Babbitt put forward to the Senate of Australia. And one might imagine, as we know what they're like, the left, the Greens, Labor, that that would have got voted down. Well, guess what? And I hope you're sitting down. It got through with one vote. 31 yay to 30 nays. Of course, every member of Labor and the Greens abstaining. And the Greens, who are supposed to be all about sipping, you know, healthy kind of mung beans and, you know, eating the nits that they pick out of their friends' dreadlocks, you know, doing all this sort of environmentally friendly stuff. They hate GMOs. They don't like toxins. They like to advocate that they love the world and it's all about nature. Well, they're not. They're a bunch of fringe lunatics. We know that those people who were legitimate greenies have long since been gone from the greens. It's been taken over by anarchists, by socialists, and they all voted no. So did Labor. 30 of them said no. We have no interest, no interest at all in finding out what possibly could be causing these excess deaths. But of course, all the One Nation, the UAP uh, people and the good guys, uh, believe it or not, uh, all of the LNP, yeah, all of the Liberals and the National Parties all got it in through one, just one vote. And why am I so excited? This could be the first place in the world where that has happened at Senate level. 
on a national Senate level. So big things could come. Nothing may come of that. We'll find out, but certainly that's a good result, and I hope you're happy with it because I know I certainly am. Another big thing that you should be happy about, and uh, we don't normally get a bunch of good news, things you should be excited about, Supreme Court bombshell Queensland mandatory COVID vaccine orders have now been considered unlawful. Yes, we all knew it, but it's now been decided. But let's read part of the article. Dozens of police and health care workers, including paramedics, have won a mammoth legal battle over mandatory vaccination orders after a Supreme Court declared they were unlawful. That's the Supreme Court. Uh, the 115-page decision handed down by Justice Glenn Martin on Tuesday declared, well, that's today, uh, Police Commissioner Katerina Carroll's direction for mandatory COVID-19 vaccination issued in December of 21 was unlawful under the Human Rights Act and banned uh, her from taking any steps as to the enforcement thereof. Not that there weren't a million people saying that at the time. We all knew it, or all of us who were fair income, who didn't succumb to the fear porn that was peddled every day uh, and just, you know, bowing to the narrative. But yes, this is a terrific bloody outcome. It is a really, really good um, outcome. Two, two related police officers or civilian staff and a third case related to Queensland ambulance workers are uh, all having very good outcomes. The workers did not have to be vac vaccinated while their legal fight was underway. Miss Carroll and Mr Wakefield are also banned from uh, disciplining any of the paramedics and police officers. They can't do anything to them anymore. So not only that, I would uh, strongly suggest with that decision now being made, those people back pay. Wow, lots of back pay, lots of back pay, lots of compensation. Unfortunately, it's going to be us, most of us who already were on board, will be paying for it via the tax dollar. But it's good to get these outcomes because it means that moving forward, we probably won't have these bad decisions made because there will be precedent set the next time they want to declare a pandemic, despite the fact that that pandemic will not be anything even relating to what the definition of a pandemic used to be. A certain number of people had to die. A certain percentage of them had to be children who died. And now it just has to be about spread and whatever. They changed the definition of the word pandemic so they could use it to scare the bejesus out of you. And boy, didn't we have some super highly intelligent, and I'll even add, because intelligence is pretty commonplace, but intuitive, which seems to be increasingly rare, uh, people who just went to water, who went to water when they peddled that fear porn. And it was very telling for those of us who like to consider ourselves to be, you know, amateur psychologists and who think that they get and read people, myself included. I never had factored in that fear point. I understand if there's a couple of people, you know, four big guys with baseball bats and you believe you are, are literally being, you know, about to be beaten to death. I understand that your uh, ability to think straight under those circumstances would fail immediately and completely, but not in lieu of something that I thought to be an overly obvious psyop. And yet it worked. People absolutely crapped themselves and went to water. Their, their logic, their ability to think straight just went right out the window. And that's something that I'll never forget. And I'll calculate into any further predictions that I and I would suggest that you have out there as well. We learned a lot over the last four years. But I dare say that the uh, police commissioner up in Queensland, Katarina Carroll, has uh, learned a hell of a lot more. And hopefully it's bye-bye.
time for her. We can only hope that is the case. Now, do you have a suggestion for a possible guest that you'd like to hear or see here on TNT, or perhaps you feel that you've got a topic that we should be discussing? Then we want to hear from you. Simply complete the suggestion form on the TNT website to help us make a difference here at today's News Talk TNT. Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Oh, Gemma Cooper, it's all happening here in Australia. A couple of wins for the good guys. It never happens. I'm, I was just amazed listening to you then, Dean. I was like, this is incredible. It's incredible news, indicative, obviously, of the tide that has turned since 2020. But that is that is great news. And, yeah, I think, you know, the first in the world to actually look properly at the excess deaths, the first country to do that. I mean, it voted in by one, you know, the power of one. That whoever that one is, let's buy them a drink. You know what I mean? Because that is absolutely fantastic news. And it's what we need here in the UK. And, and just so coincidentally, you know, you and I don't talk about the breaking story that I will bring or the story of the day from the UK. It's here, it's early morning, you know, we're just getting getting started as it were. But today, the, the toothless whitewash that the UK government is calling the UK COVID inquiry uh, moves to Wales to have a look at how the Welsh devolved government uh, handled its own decisions in the so-called COVID inquiry uh, and how it compared with the decisions that were taken in central government uh, at Whitehall in London. Um, so it's three weeks in Wales, in Cardiff, the capital uh, and it's three weeks of taxpayers money now we've talked about the covid inquiry the uk covid inquiry before and what and what an absolute kind of laughable farce it is descending into a war of words whatsapp messages uh, he said she said uh, and the overall riding message that we all think is going to come out of it is we should have locked down harder and we should have locked down sooner that's i think the message they are desperately desperately trying to peddle so we're not expecting anything new uh, those of us who are intuitive and that can think for ourselves from this stage of the inquiry, um, they, they, ostensibly they're going to look at, uh, you know, the public messaging, uh, the kind of decisions that were taken locally about lockdown and closing the border uh, between Wales and England and, and, and the monitoring the bridge across the Bristol Channel, which is very near me. I can see it from my house, actually. They're also going to look at um, some of the WhatsApp messages, if they can find any, of Welsh politicians to see, if, you know, the real strength of feeling or differences between the Welsh government and the UK government. And they're, they're talking about all the things, you know, that they want to look at. They're not talking about excess deaths. You know, that's the thing that everybody wants to talk about. And they're not talking about vaccine damage, because as we know, the vaccine part of the UK COVID inquiry, when it resumes again in London, it has been postponed. I'll, I'll say cancelled. I think it's going to be postponed forever in this part of the inquiry because they don't want to look at vaccines at all and they certainly don't want to do it in a general election year. So this inquiry has been rumbling on and it rumbles on until June 2026. And I thought we'll have a look at some of the costs to the UK taxpayer here. So far, uh, since it began, it's cost 56 million. That was the last tally uh, in the autumn of last year. By the time it concludes in 2026, it would have cost the UK taxpayer £156 million of our money. And it's the second most expensive UK inquiry to ever have been held. Uh, and the most expensive independent inquiry, which cost £186 million to us, was the independent inquiry into childhood sexual abuse, which, surprise, surprise, never found an elite paedophile ring in Westminster. So these inquiries, you know, they roll on and on and on. We pay for them all. Uh, and at the end, they kind of they kind of say, well, nothing to see here. That's like where I think the UK COVID inquiry is going. Uh, families are lining up to tell their stories of, of dead 
ones died with died after a positive test after 28 days the whole usual thing a lot of people in wales still kind of believing the narrative and believing you know that their loved ones did die of this uh, deadly flu uh, when some of them very obviously looking at the case studies did have a lot of comorbidities but we'll see what comes out of it it gets underway in a few hours time if only dean if only it was looking at the things that finally your government in australia is beginning to look at the excess deaths and the lawfulness of jabbing people with an untested untried god knows what substance yeah well it's funny and i just got reminded uh gem of somebody in the online chat terry who reminded me of the story we spoke about last week we had the queensland police commissioner who is the one i just spoke of katarina carroll resign a week ago and now only 39 minutes ago there is that breaking news of course that that was all unlawful uh it's almost as if she had a heads up and and stepped aside ahead of this happening but of course it's all just a coincidence jim um again with these outcomes and of course that toothless tiger of a of an inquiry that you've got going on over there even if we do have one here that they'll pick their experts and we know how good their, their experts are because we've had to deal with them for the last four years so i dare say that this may well be a a highly uh, gummy bear or a toothless tiger as well but we live in hope and we hope that at least some elements of truth come out moving forward Absolutely. You know, the fact that it was voted by one, you know, to, 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 to look to address the issue of excess deaths. But I mean, I think behind closed doors here in the UK, uh, MPs absolutely know. And that's why the, the vaccine part of the UK COVID inquiry has been postponed, <laughs> postponed. Um, and, and we've had, a you know, Dr. Alcim Mahotra on James Freeman's show saying that several former senior Tory ministers have approached him uh, since he went public with, with, with his views on the vaccine jab. Um, saying, you know, behind closed doors, everyone in Westminster knows this is a huge elephant in the room and nobody wants to address it in a general election year. Nobody wants to address it at all because the floodgates will then open the minute politicians start saying, well, yeah, maybe there is something to this um, for compensation, for, for vaccine damage, all of the vaccine injury, everything. And people will join the dots. That's the problem. People who are currently thinking, oh, well, you know, my uncle was old and he had that stroke will suddenly be thinking, hang on a minute, he had that stroke three weeks after his second Pfizer. You know what I mean? All of the dots will join. And then, you know, you've got anarchy almost because people will realize the scale of what happened. We know, we see it, we're intuitive. Other people, when you challenge their worldview and they finally see it, they're going to be pretty annoyed, I think. And Jim, I, I just can't help but think that those who would normally be following the narrative and doubling down three or four years on, I would suggest that any of those who actually put their arm out took the jab and are now feeling that they're not so healthy uh, or have had some negative health outcome or have friends or relatives around them. And I can't imagine that any of them wouldn't have had that happen, would now be waking up and they also would wish to, but are in a position to punish those who advocated for all this nonsense over the last three years. So maybe that's why we're getting some, some good outcomes. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe that is why we're getting some good outcomes. I mean, to, let's take it as a win. You know, we're four years on. Um, we knew from the start, we called it out. We could see there was something not right. And there are millions of us, billions of us now. Um, but let's take that as a win. Let's take that as the tide has turned. Let's take that as this globalist agenda of uh, ostensibly health, but it was never health. It was all about control. It is crumbling along with a lot of the other uh, globalist policies they want to thrust upon us now. Uh, cashless societies, 15 minute cities, you know, they're not conspiracy theories. They are facts being rolled out. I mean, I went into a, uh, Bristol just a few weeks ago, a city I haven't been to for quite some time, a couple of years now. Uh, I couldn't pay cash anywhere. I was like, oh my goodness me. And it has had pegged itself as a smart city. It's being very open about it. It's proud of it. Um, you know, this is not 
these things are not um, woo-woo, tinfoil hat stuff. They are still with us. And if we can crumble this narrative now that you're talking about this morning, it's brilliant news. We can crumble the others too, because they're not going to use for us moving forward. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Jimmy Cooper, you are phenomenal. Look forward to chatting with you yesterday. Uh, tomorrow, of course, I mean, you'll be back. <laughs> with, or end yesterday. That was true. Freudian, if you will. Um, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and next week. We'll be back next hour with Sonia Fulton. Thanks, Jimmy Cooper. We'll uh, chat tomorrow. Cheers, Dean. Back after this. TNT's Hervoy Morich. Trans women's milk, as good as breast milk, says NHS Trust. Yesterday, drug-induced chest-feeding liquid comparable to that from mothers when it comes to baby nourishment claims hospital. And NHS Trust has said that breast milk produced by men is as good for babies as that produced by mother who has given birth. I wonder if I should experiment with that the next time I have a kid. I really, I, 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 I have nothing. I don't know what else to say. I mean, we're just observing the insanity of clown world. Um, yeah. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk TNT. The Irish government is proposing a law known as the Hate Speech Bill that threatens free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. This law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action to bin the hate speech bill. If you're still wearing a cloth or surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And welcome back to the program. It's that time. One of my favorite times is tech time because I like to buy gadgets. I like to get gadgets. And not only to know which ones to get, but more importantly, sometimes to know which ones not to get. And you need someone who does all the hard work, all the homework for you. And that is, of course, Stephen Fennick of techguide.com.au, who joins us uh, each week here at TNT. Stephen, how are you going? G'day there, Dean. How are you doing? Mate, good. Not as good as you. Getting very close to uh, Las Vegas time to go see <laughs> the bunnies kick some butt as the NRL yep. season kicks off. It's great. Yeah, I'm going to Vegas and not to work for the first time. I normally go to Vegas. It's a huge, huge. People think, oh, you're going to Vegas, mate. How good is that? You come and do the consumer electronics show. It's it's every day is you're working 12-hour days. It's it's a solid slog. But, no, it's really good to know I'm just going to be going there just to enjoy it. I'll, I'll be able to see what the strip looks like during the day. I don't think I've ever seen it during the day because I'm always <laughs> working. So, uh, no, it's going to be exciting, mate, watching uh, the NRL double header. I think it's going to be uh, going to be a big weekend. Uh, you said it, and I think you're spot on. I I think you said about ninety percent of the uh, 
Aussie punters that are going over there, they're all going to be South Sydney supporters. Oh, yeah. let's we travel, comes, mate. South supporters mate, travel, yeah. They are the most dedicated fans ever. Like my dad had a, a dedicated seat, you know, as a member, the same yeah. seat every home game down down in Sydney. He, he'd be there. You and him probably walked past each other eight probably million did, mate. Yeah. <laughs> times that one might imagine. Mate, let, yeah. let's get into it. Mate, lots to talk about. Um, mate, which, which gadget you want to start talking about first? But I think Hubble. Hubble is this uh, the platform that was announced last week. This is the like from Foxtel. So this is your new uh, entertainment platform. So basically brings in all your streaming services, free to air TV, uh, brings in all your Foxtel channels, all those, and it's in one place now. One feature though that they did highlight was the was the free to air TV. Basically, they sold it as free to air TV without an antenna. And a lot of people took interest in that, myself included. And how they achieve that is by taking the IP stream. So, you know, when you can watch uh, Nine Now, Seven Plus, you can actually watch live TV through those apps. So what, what Hubble has done is actually stripped out that channel and placed it in the TV guide. So it's there for you to watch straight away. So rather than going to the app, opening it, scrolling down, live TV, pressing enter, they're having it. In the TV guide, uh, but we, I did a bit of I did a bit of a look. I, I looked into it a little bit further, and that's great. But there are some caveats with it. There are some things you need to know, and two main things. Number one, regional issues. So when you set up the box, you need to type in your postcode, and you'll get if it's available that station's state feed. So if you're in New South Wales, you get Channel Nine, New South Wales, and so on. You don't get the granular terrestrial stations like Newcastle, Wollongong. So that you miss out on. You get the state feeds. There are two stations, though, Channel 7 and SBS, who only have a national feed on their IP feed. So if you are relying on that, the TV through the internet, these are some shortfalls. The other shortfall is the second thing is sport blackouts. Uh, the Channel 7 app in particular, if you are to watch free-to-air through the Channel 7 app, you don't get the AFL and you don't get the cricket because they don't have the digital rights to those sports. Now, next year in 2025, AFL will become part of it, but cricket won't be. So just a little, just a, I think it needs a bit of transparency so that if customers are looking to buy this, thinking they're going to get the full kit and caboodle free-to-air TV without the antenna, Unfortunately, that's not the case. So if you do want all of that, you need an antenna, problem solved. But I think that people need to be aware that if you're not using an antenna, there will be some limitations to the free-to-air aspects. Uh, one other thing, issue too, they did talk about having a stack and save option, which is bundling your apps. So you bundle three apps, you get five bucks credit, four apps, 10, five apps, 15. Now, not every app is going to participate in that stack and save, like Apple TV+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, Prime Video, Optus Sport. They don't want to be a part of it. So they also need, Hubble really need to spell this out as well. The service hasn't launched yet, but in the marketing of the, of the platform, they need to spell all that out quite clearly for customers. Mate, have they got anything to do with binge? I could have sworn I saw the yes, credit yeah. card statement on my phone yep. today. And all of a sudden, because the first time I've ever heard of, of Hubble was you mentioning it. And yep. today I'm going through my credit card statement and I see Hubble dash binge yeah. on a, an $18. Same company. Yeah, same company. It's become binge is now or binge, KO Sports and Lifestyle. They're the three apps 
that basically give you all the Foxtel channels via the apps. So that's part of that part of that Hubble service. And obviously you can bundle those three together. You get five bucks off and that money you can use towards a, a maybe a one of the streaming apps that doesn't participate in the stack and save. So there's options there. Good, good. That's an incentive, I think, for people to put everything in one bill and to place all of their entertainment in one spot as well. I'm, I'm looking forward to I had a quick demonstration of it uh, not long ago, and it, 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 is really, uh, it is really compelling. It's putting everything in one place, and the whole idea is to no scrolling, you just find what you want. And especially if you're, if you're after news, sport, movies, TV shows, there are shortcuts to those sections, and you can see right away what's on right now, what's on next, what's coming up, what's trending. So you're not going to miss out. If uh, if you're especially if you're a sports fan, it's great for keeping track of your team, the games that are live, the games that are coming up. Uh, and, and even if you want to find movies as well, there's all the trending uh, content as well. So I think, yeah, it's going to be uh, pretty, pretty cool. It, it comes in a box, 99 bucks. And as a television, you can buy the Hubble Glass, 55-inch, 1595, 65-inch, 1995. It's a TV, quite a stylish TV, and it's got all those smarts built in. So it's Hubble out of the box. I, I like that. It's going to make things a hell of a lot easier for people. You know, get people, uh, especially when they've got to get like an Apple TV and you've got to go and subscribe to Channel 7, subscribe to Channel 9. Yeah. It, it's a real pain and yeah. it's repetitive and they keep logging you out. You have to keep logging back yeah. in and putting those. To be in. clear, to be clear, you do have to log in for the first time if you do want to get those IPTV streams. So you need to have an account and you need to log in. So a bit of bit of pain to set up. It's not like just connecting an antenna and just tuning the TV. That, that just happens. So if you are going down that path, yeah, there is a bit of signing in to do. But that once that's done, I think that that's all the only the one and only time you have to do it. Yeah, because with those others, you keep having to repetitively do it if you don't watch it often yeah. enough. The other thing I'm glad you brought up, and for those listening who don't know, there are lots of people paying the full package for, uh, for yeah. Foxtel only because they watched sport and nothing else. Yeah, yeah, and true. they're probably unaware of things like KO, K-A-Y-O, yeah. uh, where you can just get all the sport and nothing else and you can have it on your phone, you can have it on your TV, yeah. download the apps. It, it's terrific. Mate, there was some stuff in the news today. I think it was the content uh, uh, director at, at Channel 10 uh, making out that she couldn't figure out the app and how it was hard and it was down the list and advocating to the Australian Senate that they yeah. should have it so the Australian content comes up at the top my counter argument was they probably have an algorithm and what goes up the top is what most people are using. And I'd love what what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, well, it's it, interesting. I did I did mention the Senate inquiry, it's sort of, and it's about prominence, they're calling it, so that for TV manufacturers, uh, it's, it's actually – my my feeling is it's not an algorithm that can put apps at the top of the screen, uh, if, especially when you're in your menu bar, when you're searching. The TV manufacturer has a lot of that control where the visibility of certain apps uh, is favoured uh, among others, depending on the, the commercial arrangement they perhaps have with that TV manufacturer. But the inquiry was all about giving Australian catch-up apps, uh, basically Australian free-to-air TV and Australian content, the same consideration and prominence on these these smart TVs because you got to you got to remember that's your only path into these apps is through the TV and how the TV lays out the apps whether they're easy to find hard to find that then determines whether those that owner of that TV is going to watch or even be aware of that content that Australian TV and Australian content 
So I think, yeah, the, the, the promise is that give Australian catch-up apps the same kind of exposure and 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 positioning as you would your Netflix and Disney Pluses, the 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 apps that are kind of the top end of town that, that bring in the business for them. But I think uh, being uh, living in a democratic country, you want them to give Australian new, new TV and, and content just as much prominence as well. I think we, we deserve that. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you could counter-argue uh, the simple fact that, you know, terrestrial TV seems to be on the way out, even if it is delivered via digital means. Mm. Uh, the other thing is, if I'm Samsung or Hisense or LG, I'm getting a few bucks from Netflix and Binge to put them up front, uh, and along comes Channel 10 that nobody's watching anyway, and, yeah. and they say, well, we should be up above them or next to them. You know, I mean, I would personally say, well, if you want to pay me what Netflix are paying me, I'll make sure you're right next to them. But, I mean, you know, some could say it's a free market economy, and if people yeah. are just switching away from Channel 10, bad luck. And also, if they want Channel 10 bad enough, you probably don't need to be reminded of it. You're just going to go in search of it, and well, it's not that hard to find. I think it, it's also uh, I, the 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 airwaves uh, are free for for cu for customers, and what also is free is a lot of the the major sports as well. That's kind of a part of this uh, the inquiry as well to ensure that everyday Australians who might not afford Foxtel or other other streaming services or platforms can still have access to that that's that content that sport. And we're a sporting nation. I think that's fair. That that that's trying to keep it trying to keep it visible. But how how TV manufacturers do their deals, uh, we don't know. There was one, one, I think the boss of SBS was got up there and said that they were offered by one major TV manufacturer, they wanted 15% of their revenue to be positioned in a prominent spot on the, on the home screen. And when the SBS refused, it then became subsequently really difficult to find the SBS app uh, so it, it, it's a yeah, it, it's a market out there. Uh, whether the how far the government's got to step in to tell these manufacturers exactly how it's got to be in terms of Australian catch up apps, then we're waiting to see the results of this inquiry. Yeah, and I guess the, the counter you know uh, argument to that is well, you put SBS back up there, then someone else is hard to find, and if there are more yeah. people looking for that than that, then what did you accomplish in in yeah. that gains? It's difficult. Absolutely uh, nothing. The, there's only so much room. On that yeah. home screen, there's a, you can't have everyone there. So I think, yeah, look, if you've got your antenna connected to your television, then it's one click and you've got all the free-to-air channels. If you haven't and you're resorting to the catch-up apps, that's what we're talking about here, where the terrestrial, the, the IP stream is what a lot of people are watching now. Uh, yeah. They don't go to it. They don't have an antenna or don't have a, the TV's not in a room with an antenna connection. So the live stream, we're all got wireless connections. That's how we're watching our television. And this Senate inquiry, I think, wants to preserve that, uh, that, that the quality of that stream to make sure that it's A, available, but also B, not too hard to find on your television. It'll be really interesting to see what comes out of that. We'll be back with Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au right after these news headlines. TNTradio.live. The station, the first to broadcast. Breaking news. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. NATO continues to fan the flames of war in Europe, declaring Ukraine will become a part of the Western military alliance, whether Russia likes it or not. It is not a question of if, but of when. Washington has condemned Israel's plans to build new settlements in the occupied West Bank, and an American soldier has set himself on fire outside the Israeli embassy in the US capital in protest of Washington's support 
for Tel Aviv's war in Gaza. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And we're back. And of course, again, if you are considering, and who isn't, getting some new gadgets, and I love getting my gadgets, doesn't matter how much I make, the more I spend. And um, again, even the, the other week, I made the mistake of going out and getting some very good, um, you know, uh, uh, ear pods. And as I spoke to Stephen, he told me something that was just as good, possibly even better. I could have saved some money on. And I'm like, I've got to take my own advice. And I normally do. Uh, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Uh, if you're in the market for anything, get on the website, check it out. Got a terrific couple of podcasts on various things, including electric cars as well. Now, lots of scammers going on and uh, lots of elderly people, especially getting scammed uh, this yeah. time, type of year, the time of year as, as the new year kicks in. Lots of new scams. How do we protect our, ourselves, Stephen? Yeah, well, there are lots of new scams, whether they're coming in through text messages, emails. I think it's really important to advise our, perhaps our, our elderly relatives, you know, that, that are, are not as tech savvy uh, as others to really not to click on links, to not to not believe that they owe the tax department any money, to not believe that their toll hasn't been paid. So these are common scams that we get receive on, on text and on email. But I think the other, the other part of this is, it's it's not particularly a scam. It's when they are offered deals or maybe are on an old deal for for their internet connection, their electricity plan. I think it's worth doing a little bit of an admin check on 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 your elderly relatives, your grandparents, your parents, because often and and this doesn't even this applies to people of all ages. If you're on an older plan, if your plan your phone plan is older than say two years old, you're probably paying too much. Because they they evolve, they change. You get more data for less money, so it's worth a little bit of a, a look at your sort of a health check, if you like, on all of your plans, and that that includes your mobile phone, that includes internet, that includes electricity, that includes all everything else. So it's worth checking because I've heard some horror stories where there's elderly people being charged enormous amounts of money for a fast internet connection that they're not even going to get close to utilizing. So I think it's really important to do that kind of uh, that that sort of recon with those those plans to make sure they're not getting ripped off. They're getting what they need, but they're not paying through the nose or paying for something they're not going to use. Wouldn't it be nice if they had some sort of technology? And uh, for example, you've got an elderly relative. Any payment they make, they can um, uh, nominate you as somebody who is a referee, if you will. So they make a payment to Party yeah. A. You get a text message that pops up advising you of that and yep. you can put a stop on that within let's say five minutes and if you don't it goes through or they get it you know they get advice yep. if you haven't verified it and they can choose something like that would be nice for elderly people rather than you know yep. ring you up and say is this if okay? someone's got a yeah yeah i, I wonder they if they'll have, have a someone to refer to absolutely yeah yeah, it's, it's kind of like a power of attorney thing. I've got that at the moment. I lost my father recently. So with my mother, I've got power of attorney so I can be paying things and doing things on her behalf. And I've gone through the very same thing with her. I've looked at her her Foxtel plan, her, her internet plans, and I'm thinking, look, you know what? We can make this a bit easier. Let's choose to have direct debit. Let's do this. And we're saving a few bucks. And it's all, I'm the one who's paying the bills. But yeah, I reckon that's a great idea where you can keep in touch and maybe see what's coming in and make sure that they're paying 
the, the right amount for a start. They're not paying too much for a service that you can get for half the price. I think that's uh, that's half the battle. If you can do that, you're a great relative. You're a great grandson, <laughs> granddaughter, son, daughter. Why not? Hey, one thing I would advise people to do as well, if you've been on the same internet plan, for example, for eight years, you yeah. need to check up what you're paying now versus what the current plan is. And Telstra is absolutely horrific for this. Leave you on some old plan, probably even a data limited plan yeah. that you're paying, you know, this much for. You can get unlimited for half the price now and you're still on that dreadful old plan because yeah. you haven't upgraded it. And I think it's every always companies do every company's guilty of that, mate, whether you know they will leave you on a, on the on a, the grandfather plan, they call it, the <laughs> a plan that hasn't changed, right? So the I've got a saying, mate, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So talk to those companies to ask them for the best deal they've got. And you know what? Nine times out of ten you'll get it and you'll save money. And of course, if you're ever in doubt, you can get onto your website, techguide.com.au. Steve, send Steve a message. He's on Facebook. He's everywhere. He's all over it. And of course, if you're ever going to buy anything, he'll tell you what to get. He'll tell you what to not get. And uh, there's no better guy in Australia than Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Mate, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you after you get back from the, the game in Vegas. Talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, Dean. Take care. We're going to be back with Tony Wakeham right here at TNT after this. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The truth is, Parkinson's disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. Worldwide, over 10 million people are living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement. And with so many places to search for information, it can be difficult to know where to begin. The Parkinson's Foundation has answers. Answers for everyone in the fight. We can help you understand the disease, help you find expert care, give you tips for living a better life, share the latest research, help you find local support, and there's a free helpline you can call. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org or call 1-800-4PD-INFO. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments. We turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. Domestic journalists are paying with their lives. They faced exponential arrests and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom.
Mackin. This is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. And of course, TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what the others only say they do. Uh, it's a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one in the world what we do here at TNT, crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and night. In the two and a half years that TNT has been around, we've become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's a critical time and we must now continue to call out the misinformation and the propaganda from the mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. We are now appealing to our many friends and supporters out there to uh, get on board. Go to the TNTradio.live website, and if you can, make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our very, very important mission that we do right here. And part of that includes talking to terrific people who uh, who look after the interests of and raise awareness, more importantly, of people such as George. Julian Assange. You'll find my next guest, Tony Wakeham, on the steps of the town hall in Sydney every Friday afternoon. Him, him and a, uh, some other supporters, they get there every Friday without fail, and they just let everybody know about Julian's plight. Of course, we were there all over it uh, in London last week, and it's horrific. The wait is going to be horrific. A couple of the lawyers uh, during the court, they actually posed this question, um, and it is, how can exposing crime and torture be worse and committing them. What a brilliant question. Tony Wakeham. Dean, thank you very much for having me on again. It's always a pleasure to join you. Mate, mate thanks for coming on. But, mate, wasn't that a brilliant uh, point that they raised? I mean, Julian Assange only let people know about torture and crime. And there he is, the victim of what I would consider to be torture and crime at the hands of these global criminals. And they must be criminals, mate, because anybody that's fair income has no problem with anybody knowing the truth. Absolutely, Dean. I mean, the best thing about Julian's, the whole ordeal with Julian is what is happening right now, because what is happening right now is exposing the truth of the system under which we live and the criminality of it. Um, you know, he exposed the criminality of the war machine, the war mongering of the, of the Western Hemisphere, but what he's exposing now is the absolute corruption of its political, legal and media landscape. I mean, it is just rotten to the core. It, it is. I'm, I'm starting to feel very naive in relation to this. I mean, there I was thinking maybe we'll get a you know an answer to the last couple, you know, to last week in the next couple of weeks. And I spoke to you during the break and you suggested we could be waiting between six and 12 months as they continue to literally torture him there in uh, Belmarsh. Absolutely. That's, look, all we've got to do is look back at the last 13 years. And for the last 13 years, he's, I've lost count of the number of court appearances he's had. But essentially, the deliberation, the period of where the judges deliberate has been in that range um, and it, it demonstrating that the purpose of this is punishment by process or lawfare, as we call it. It's, you know, now 13 years of arbitrary detention, a habeas corpus has been chucked out the window. I mean, there is absolute, he's been denied all his human rights for 30, over 13 years. I mean, it is even even the sort of nasty countries of the world that we all love to criticise can't match this one. I mean, they generally kill their 
journalists off before they get to 13 years incarceration, as has just happened to uh, Navalny in Russia. Um, but, you know, this one is unprecedented and, and you know, cannot be defended. You know, there's nothing about what they're doing to Julian that can be defended. I, certainly that is the case. The thing that I do like about this is uh, where people tend to forget about people that have been locked away for a long time. That is certainly not the case with Julian Assange. I would suggest that is because of uh, people such as yourself getting out there, reminding people, being in their face all the time. That's also, you could argue, because he's in court so much. It is an ongoing saga. It really is. Uh, the other thing that we have to, of course, remind people about is to go and see this new uh, The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, this new uh, movie that's out. It is absolutely just phenomenal, but it's also horrific because it's true and to watch what happens in chronological order and just how it goes from bad to worse. And mate, wouldn't you love to think that was the end of it and we're done, it's all over and it's, it's a good outcome. They're literally just beginning, aren't they? They really are. Well, no, I, I would posit to say that we're at the beginning of the end. That's how I'd put it. Um, and the beginning of the end, I believe, was marked when the judge um, in the Eastern District of uh, um, Judge Coitel, is his name, of, of uh, New York, who's hearing a case brought by four American citizens who visited Julian Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy and were spied upon by their government. Um, which is in contravention of their Fourth Amendment rights. Um, they were a bunch of lawyers and doctors and their laptops were confiscated and stripped of all their information. So no, not only were Julian's details of his matter exposed um, to, to the CIA, um, but also all the other cases on the other on the doctors and lawyers, um, laptops. I mean, it's put their credibility as lawyers and doctors into serious um, disrepute because their information has been leaked, um, you know, and their, their right to privacy has been denied, which is what the Fourth Amendment. It's it's a shame, you know, I mean, with uh, what we know now, wouldn't you love to just get into our magical time machine, fire up the flux capacitor in our DeLorean, go back 14 or 15 years and whisk him away to, to Russia where he could live out his days happily, just like uh, one Mr. Snowden. Uh, that would be a lovely outcome, certainly not the one that we would ultimately uh, be looking at, which is his return, his safe and healthy return to Australia. That's the ultimate outcome here. But again, there's so much damage done. Um, a man who is physically damaged, who is mentally scarred for life, there is no undoing what they've done to him. No, but I would posit to say that he's inflicted more damage on them oh yes than they have on him in that you know initially he exposed war crimes and cr and criminal behavior by selected politicians but in this case in his treatment for 13 years he's exposed corruption of the entire system and there are now going to be people within the CIA good people who believe in the work that they're doing is is good for America, is good for American sovereignty and, and national security. And they're going to be questioning their hierarchy. They, you know, the people under the sort of hierarchy of the CIA, the hierarchy being 
rogue, I think would be a best way to describe the hierarchy of the CIA, but all those beneath. And we're seeing the whistleblowers come out in droves. And when the judge in this court case in New York um, denied the CIA's right to, uh, I think it's called impunity, in that they're a national security organisation, the judge simply replied, no one is above the law and refused. And that's a first. That is a first. This is a first court case where the CIA have had to answer questions. In the past, they've just got off scot-free. They've just yes. claimed that they're national security and they can't be questioned and, and the information is all secret. But in this case, the judges said no. And I think this is a first and I think it indicates the beginning of the end. And Tony, I can't help but tie these things together. I mean, there you are saying that there are good people and there are in the CIA, in the FBI and places such as that who are starting to feel that they should talk up the world so bad it's going to affect them, their own kids, their own grandkids, and they no longer wish to be a part of it or to be silent. And you can't help but think how timely it was that CIA officer uh, Joshua Schultz was just sentenced to 40 years. And not only did they stitch him up for, again, doing the right thing and putting out some information, there he is in a prison. They're telling us that he continued to hack documents while he was in prison. Of course, not on his own personal, but on a, a group computer and that they found child pornography on that computer and somehow it had to be his. It couldn't have been anybody else that uses that computer as if he somehow had his own little private computer in there that he could do what he wanted on. And they would have us believe this utter BS. Absolutely. I mean, it's almost laughable. I was saying to someone, if you get charged with some sort of sexual misconduct, that means you're on the money. That means you're telling the <laughs> yeah, truth. Yes. You know, there's an old saying, if you're copying flack, you're over the target, you know, and, and that's the ultimate flack. Being accused of being a pedophile falsely is the ultimate flack. There can be no lower act for somebody <laughs> to do than to falsely accuse someone of pedophilia. I mean, it's outrageous. But it shows their desperation, as Julian always says, we should celebrate when we hear about censorship because that shows they're in absolute fear of us finding out the truth. Mate, it, it, it's funny, you know, I mean, I've just wrote down a quick list of names, you know, all people that have, you know, advocated for either truth or for young, you know, young men standing up and being men. I mean, and just in one second, I've written down Trump, you know, Judge Brett Kavanaugh, you know, who was this one conservative who was trying to get onto the US, you know, uh, Supreme Court, and these women were coming out of the woodwork, some he'd never probably been to a party with. We've got, of course, Julian Assange with those trumped up charges, Andrew Tate, Russell yeah. Brand, the yeah. list just goes on and on and on. And they're all historic. They're all, is no proof. Proof and mate, I would love to see when it comes to this type of crime, not where kids are concerned. Obviously, where children are concerned, if they, you know, they become adults, they should be allowed to come out and say. But where adults are concerned and rape, I would like to see some sort of statute of limitations that forces people to come out while all of this stuff that they say is is provable, where physical evidence can be taken and all the rest of it. Because otherwise, we're going to have this continue and continue. And the problem with this as well is where people make these trumped up sexual allegations, where they are 
found uh, the, the the alleged perpetrator is found to be not guilty, there is no comeback on those who made these false charges. And I've advocated uh, for a long time that those who make false claims should face the exact sentence that that who that you um you know you accused. So if I someone said they I raped them and I was going to go to jail for twelve years, it's proven that I wasn't because I was in a different country at the time. Why don't you go to jail for making those claims for twelve years? Yes, could not agree more. Could not agree more. No, to make false claims like that is beyond abhorrent. I mean, when those claims were levelled against Julian, the head of Women Against Rape, which is an international organisation which you know stands up for women being raped all around the world, came straight out in support of Julian and absolutely criticised those false claims and said, in fact, that Julian is probably a man that has saved more women from rape than any other man in history, you know, because of his exposure of these war crimes and the fact that, you know, he brings an end. He brought an end to the Iraq war, for example. And by doing so and getting the American troops out of the country, he would have stopped, you know, X number of women getting raped in the following years of that ongoing war. Yep. I, and, and while we're on that subject, because it really is an important one, because they're using this to such great effect of late. Um, and I've just advocated for a bunch of people who I'm fans, who I'm a fan of. So let me pick a couple who I'm not. Uh, Jared Hayne, for example, who's, you know, you know who, who Jared Hayne is, uh, and Mike Tyson, who I'm not fans of, and who who faced, in, in fact, in Mike Tyson, have both gone to jail for claims that I consider to be, you know, highly dubious. And not just where people are political, but of course where people have a lot of money and there's a lot of money to be gained simply by 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 making up claims and you're going to get a big payout in the civil courts. And I'm just absolutely fed up with all of this nonsense that goes on. And it's people like Julian Assange that keep bringing out truth and shedding light on things uh, on a big scale. And the more he does that, the more we become aware of just how corrupt and and crazy this world has become or has been allowed to become, I should say. Well, no, it's been engineered that way. It's been yep. driven that way with psychological operations perpetrated by the mainstream media. I mean, it's it's industrial grade psychological warfare that we've been subjected to now for longer than I've been on earth. You know, this has been going for more than a hundred years. I mean, John Pilger estimated that the last war that was run without um, lies was the Crimean War and that every war since the Crimean War of 1852, the wars have all been run on lies on both sides. Both sides lie to achieve it. And it's amazing, you know, here we were in the West to think we're the good guys, we're the John Wayne in the West, and it turns out that we're the good guys, us, the citizens, but our governments have been corrupted by the enemy and are quite often the ones in the wrong, you know, all these killings that are going around, innocent people, uh, you know, targeted assassinations. I mean, the list goes on. I remember the CIA being asked in the Senate, I think, in the in the US back in the 60s about an ice bullet that had a, a, a deadly fish toxin and they could just walk past someone, shoot it into them. They had a heart attack a minute later. Just the stuff that has gone on over the years. Mate, quickly, I've just got to ask you, have you noticed um, with your efforts outside the Sydney Town Hall on a Friday in your fantastic job raising awareness. Have you had more people coming up to you in light of this uh, movie that's just come out recently, which is just screening up the road from where you are? Oh, absolutely. Look, we did a, an action outside the um, 
US consulate at 50 Miller Street, North Sydney the other day, and we had between 50 and 100 people there, and we were screaming. They they had to lock the door. No, they did. I love and it. Stop taking appointments on Wednesday between 12 and 1 because we're there. They lock the doors and they're closed for business. I mean, and Albo apparently has deserted his Marrickville office because of our Thursday gathering. <laughs> no, no, we, we've got them on the run. We have them on the run. I, I love it, mate. I'm, I'm a Marrickville boy. I like to advocate for all the guys I grew up with, but uh, not that particular one. And I don't ever remember seeing him around Marrickville, mate. I really just don't. Uh, mate, thank you, Tony Wakem. Really appreciate your efforts. Everyone does. I think you're an absolute legend. And of course, anybody, uh, not just if you're down around the Sydney Town Hall, why don't you make an effort to get down there and stand alongside Tony Wakem one afternoon. Tony, thanks for, for your time. We'll talk again soon. Thank you, Dean. I much, much appreciated. Good on you, mate. What a champion. What terrific people Julian Assange attracts. Okay, uh, coming up after after the break, we're going to have the uh, wonderful Tonya Porton. Uh, I'll be back, Sonia, I should say, Sonia, and I'll be back uh, tomorrow here at TNT.